2020 has been a pretty interesting year, and that's putting it fairly lightly as well. Huge health implications of COVID-19 hitting all of us, and it has had far-reaching impacts, not just the, the health and the terrible loss of life and the illness that's caused, the stress on the health system and more, but also the economic impact with many airlines still pretty much grounded and not a lot of international travel happening. People's livelihoods have been put at risk and much, much more. Over the course of the year, we've spoken to a number of interesting people um, from fascinating conversations that cover a range of topics, everything from neuroscience, emotional intelligence, emotional agility and resilience, straight through to an understanding of our memory, remote work and more. We wanted to give you some highlights of uh, the 2020 first season of The Science of Us. Uh, just a couple of highlights we did want to call out. There have been so many amazing people that we have spoken to across the year. But these were some particularly interesting episodes for us that we wanted to recap. And again, if you want to go back and listen to any of those, they're all available wherever you get your podcasts. So the, the first uh, interview that we had to kick off the entire season was with Katarina Kuhn. Katarina is someone I'm lucky to work with. She's the Chief Strategy Officer of The Winning Group. And Kat and I set the scene, I guess, for a lot of what you would see across the rest of 2020. And that was all about the role of personality in our decision-making, uh, the fundamentals of, of human behavior, etc. If you want to have a look at that one, it was delving deeply into understanding those primal emotion systems that drive us and how those who understand others better than they understand themselves are the ones that can control that direct decision making. I think the dangerous thing we're seeing in the world today is that yes it is emotions that largely rule our decision making but that by way of the human design we're unaware of those emotions mm. um, but increasingly there are people who specialize in understanding and tapping into those emotions and that's exactly what we're seeing now that those who understand other people better than those people understand themselves yep. basically hold the power to direct decision making mm. and we're seeing that i mean multiplied by technology now because uh, if you have the technology and talking about social media as you touched on it you're suddenly scaling that influence where yeah. before it relied on one-on-one -on -one communication but now you can actually scale that mass influence by tapping into emotions and is there that any, way. are you surprised in the sense to see this rise of tribalism across the world off the back of a lot of, I guess, some of these techniques that people are using? Is it, is it tapping into something inherently that exists within all of us? And that's why people like Trump, et cetera, can actually really make use of that with their fan base. Yeah, I think we humans are always, we have a desire to belong. We have a desire to connect. We have a desire for, for trust. And it is easier to trust people who are more like us. So mm. the whole us, them thing is as old as human nature. I don't think there's anything new in that. But the exploitation of that to a certain outcome from very powerful players in this world, I think that's reached a new level. But as you say, it wouldn't be happening if it wasn't tapping into something that we are very much prone to. We also spoke with someone uh, called Kieran Schweikova. He's from Made Comfy, a very successful entrepreneur, but someone who has had a very tumultuous 2020. We spoke with Kieran just before the pandemic hit. Despite that, if you listen to what Kieran talks about, 
a lot of it was how you actually build a great team, how you navigate, again, the core fundamentals of what makes a great team and how you can ensure you have the right building blocks for success. And there are some really pertinent lessons in there that we can all take as we go into 2021, a year that we are still relatively uncertain about. Because everyone is different. That's number one. Um, and uh, everyone has their sort of uh, own ego. Um, I think um, when you work in a startup, um, you need to um, uh, have egos. So if you look at the definition of ego, um, the sort of um, awareness of your self-esteem uh, um, and self-confidence, um, because it's always uphill, it is never downhill. And if it's downhill, it's dangerous, I will yep. say, in the startup. Um, um, you need to be able to be confident in yourself. Um, but of course, there's this balance between confidence and arrogance um, and overconfidence, um, being meaning that you overestimate yourself. And uh, um, this is where then we as leaders and founders need to be there to guide people and help them to um, yeah, simply reflect and give them feedback when something didn't happen as, uh, as they maybe thought, that yep. they overestimated themselves or that they think that, um, uh, that they're better than others. And um, yep. I think this is important to be then able to have open conversations and that um, people are open for feedback. And that is something you realize very quickly if someone uh, is open to that. That's maybe something you really can't uh, always figure out in, in an interview. I would love to, um, yep. but sort of where we are at the moment, it's something we try to pick up in the interview other than that it comes out very early um, in yeah. the process when you give someone feedback the first time and you see their reaction and yeah yeah another interesting memorable moment that came was a chat with mike conway so mike is the founder of a company called x venture which does a lot of training programs a lot of uh, gamified learning if you want to put it like that now mike has been really really instrumental in helping guide a number of really high profile sports teams to successful outcomes and that's through his his rollout of emotional resilience and similar programs mike was a, a really interesting chat for me because we covered so many different topics and he's got so many great lessons that we can take away that applies from everyone from our kids all the way up to adults as well it's huge it's it's actually i mean i'm not i'm not one that's going to sort of bang the drum and bang the drum because then you perceive yourself to have a you know vested interest yep. and it's all about me trying yep. to get into a sports team which i don't do um, but I, I actually see it as as deeper than the, the brain to be honest tim um I, I actually look at the mind and so if you look at the 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 research of the mind the mind is actually something which is much bigger you're yep. talking about something which is you know uh, self-regulated mm -hmm. it, it changes depending on what we're learning so we've got a new system today so we've learned some more about the new system so the next time it's a bit easier so we've got that it's also embodied so it's within us <clears throat> so the mind is connected to every element of who we are yeah <clears throat> so if pardon me <clears throat> if if we're feeling I'm sure you can cut that out. If <laughs> that's fine, yeah. yeah, if we're if we're feeling, you know, um, a little hungry, then it affects everything around us, and that's part of the mind too. You know, if we're feeling a little on edge, that affects the mind. If yeah. we wake up and we're feeling tight, that affects it. So it's embodied. But the other part of the mind, to me, is it's relational. Mm. Okay, so we're talking about the flow of energy and information here. So you and I here. Yep. The fact that we're speaking the same language, you can then get that energy and information and then actually go, oh, I know what he's saying, yep. and then retort back. So if you talk about it as relational, then relationships hmm. are so critical. Now, if you look at physical, technical, tactical, 
there's nothing related to relationships attached to that other than come on boys we can do it or come on we can work hard in the last minute so my interest is about how do you actually use your mind to actually build those relationships within a team environment so that's so fundamental Mm. and of course now with what we're doing today what we were born to do which is this harmony we've got together now this energy that's the same between you and i tim is we're not doing as much as that of that now we also spoke with uh, one of my my mentors and that is a a man by the name of hans hickler hans and i go back uh, quite a way and hans and the conversation that we had was really about how we can understand things like putting our blinkers on, how we can open ourselves up to bring everything we are to the workplace. And again, this was something we recorded during the pandemic that is still ongoing now, but so many good takeaways for how we can live truly who we are and how we can show that and bring that whole self to work, which is really, really important now as mental well-being is gonna be one of the most talked about topics of 2021. Let's start with leaders. You know, leaders, are a manifestation of their experience and their skills and their style. And, you know, I always said, look, if I'm leading somebody, I'm willing to invest until they have experience. I'm willing to invest in their skill set. But when it comes to style, I always, always had a very short rope when I was a leader, you know, because if you come into my door and I give you feedback and say, respect for the individual is something that that i cherish and it's a non-negotiable for me when you walk out the door of my office you can make a decision right there i'm going to change my behavior or i'm not going to change my behavior and if you don't change your behavior you're probably looking for another job because you don't want to work for hans because that's something that hans holds as a non-negotiable and so i think all of us are an amalgamation of our experience our skills and our style and that then manifests itself in our in our behavior And so I always look at when I'm dealing with people, uh, when I deal with you, I immediately think about your style, my assessment of your style. I've done a lot of work on what my style is and I adjust myself to you. And I try to be very present to make sure that our styles connect where they can in the best possible way and that we can achieve whatever objective is we're we're trying to achieve. And that's sort of the, the underpinning of that. Now, when I work with CEOs, um, there's this track thing that happens. You, know, you have a highly successful CEO that grew up in, in the sales track, for example, or maybe it was sales and something else. And so what I find is that people make decisions and act quicker and more deliberately when they're in the comfort zone of their track. So me, for example, sales and operations and logistics, finance was not my thing. So I always made sure I had a really good finance manager with me that could understand a balance sheet 10 times better than me. But what happens is if there's a sales situation that I as a CEO am dealing with or an operations issue, I've got a lot of experience. I've got a lot of confidence in that. I'll make that decision quicker. But there's a whole bunch of tracks that I'm not as comfortable with where I know the right answer. I know the right answer. But when I'm working with my client, I'm the one pushing and saying, look, you've already told me what the answer is. What's stopping you from from pulling the trigger on the situation? And it's because we don't, you know, it's it's when we don't have that comfort factor, then we say, oh, well, if that person leaves and I don't have someone to fill it, then the job will be vacant and, you know, my plan will suffer. Well, it'll probably suffer a lot more if you've got the wrong person in the job. 
One of our other early conversations we had was with someone called Rachel Green. Now, Rachel Green is a director of the Emotional Intelligence Institute, and Rachel's work was much of a carry-on, I guess, from another conversation we had with Katerina. And with, with Rachel, we talked all about trying to understand what is emotional intelligence. And another thing that she talked about in the interview was all about how we're not really equipped, we don't have the right playbook to actually understand emotion and to therefore how we can actually approach that particularly when it comes to workplace, but also any part of our lives. Uh, If you look traditionally at what empathy actually means in a dictionary, it means that we should be able to take on the feelings of another person as if they are our own. Now, um, I think that compassion, which is showing love and caring for somebody, might be a healthier place for us to try to get to. Yep. Because I know some people who take on other people's emotions and then get stuck in them. They can't um, move or process through them. And also there is some research that shows that if healthcare workers have high levels of empathy, they're more likely to burn out than if they're taught how to have compassion So I was on a crisis line as a volunteer counsellor at one stage and I was absolutely determined that my goal was never to take on the emotions of the callers Mm. because these people were suicidal. What I wanted to do was be able to show them from my heart that I cared for them, that I was there for them, that I was able to help them. So sometimes we need that differentiation. Having said all that, being able to care for other people and to be able to understand them and how they're feeling, that is absolutely vital. And one of the other interesting conversations that we did want to showcase here was a chat with Michaela Simpson, who works at the Neuroleadership Institute. Uh, another fascinating one for me because we are in the same field of neuroscience, well, not me personally, but of course, Katarina, who I work with. And this is one of the driving factors behind what we do at Helix as well. Now, with Michaela, we talked about all sorts of things, but there were some really interesting conversations around power dynamics at work uh, and also about how external stimuli affects us, who we are, and how we behave as well in uh, in the the outside world. And that's particularly relevant now as we've gone through COVID and as we see a very emotional response to a lot of what we're seeing from either a health or an economic impact on our livelihoods. So, so, I mean, yeah, there are emotions and bias, but they're also kind of like bias. So like there are different types of biases, right? Um, There's kind of like cognitive biases in the way that our brains just kind of think in these mental shortcuts we take kind of, you got to that thing where we're, we kind of focus more on the negative outcomes, you know, like the risk involved where we get more focused on the potential loss or risk than we do on potential rewards. That's just a very there's something that we do as humans or, you know, we need to make a quick decision. Um, We'll tend to go to what was just most recently in our minds, for example. And we're not like looking at all the information. There are biases like that. And they're, you know, bias like uh, racial bias or gender bias that might, that's more informed about our attitudes and beliefs, wherever they're coming from about certain groups of people. And then that can have its own, you know, impact. And, I think a lot, a lot of these happen below our conscious awareness. We're not aware of them. And if we can become more aware of where these biases come into play, then again, it's kind of like this education or a toolkit of like, oh yeah, when I'm, you know, in a meeting with my colleagues and we're trying to make a decision, we're going to hire somebody new. Is there, you know, there's something called like in-group bias and out-group bias. And it's more like, you know, the in-group bias, we tend to 
favor people who are, you know, belong more to our group, whatever that could be. We're a group of engineers, we're a group with this, you know, certain gender, ethnicity, or we all went to the same type of university. Um, And, you know, when we're making decisions, for example, in organizations, we can be more mindful of where bias might be coming in. Oh, are we disregarding these candidates because they didn't go to the right school or they don't have the right last name or whatever else, or rather we like we just naturally assume the people who have last names similar to us or same facial features yeah, or yeah, yeah. Uh, same school, they're going to be better. So there's like this bias towards those people, or I'm going to give a performance evaluation to somebody and it's, I was supposed to do it a while back and I have to enter it into the system and it's 5:45 PM on a Friday. I'm just going to do it real quick. And you're going to do whatever cam comes to mind to you about that person. That's a type of bias, but then, you know, there are all these other deeper biases so like part of this is, is to realize that we have biases. We all have bias. And where might they be coming into the decisions we make yep. in the workplace? And how does that affect people? Totally. Um, so it's like this awareness. We've really enjoyed recording the entire series. JC, editor and senior producer, and myself have, have been lucky enough to talk to a number of fascinating people. We're very much looking forward to diving into 2021 with a host of very interesting guests coming your way. And that is further going into who we are, how we behave and why. Now, if you've enjoyed season one, we'd love for you to leave us a review. So do that wherever you get your podcasts. Um, that, that can be on anything from Google or it could be Spotify, Apple, etc. But it would mean a lot to us. We'd love to see what you thought of the show. And we'll be reading out some of those reviews early in the new year. For now, we hope you have a a restful break uh, over the holiday season. It allows you to recharge and to gear up for for what is still a a fairly uncertain 2021, but hopefully a 2021 where we have more rays of light and hope uh, than we do anything else. Thank you for listening to us and have a wonderful break.